Exploring Revelation podcast, take uh, episode 11, take two and a half. Um, so thank you for joining us today at the, the Revelation podcast. Uh, we're going to explore the, the book of Revelation. We're going to continue doing that together. I just want to say at the onset that I really appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you coming to this podcast. I appreciate you sharing it with your friends, right? We're officially in the 11th episode when it comes to uh, podcasts, I think, and you hit like 10 episodes, right? And you're listening or your listeners are there and they're with you. Um, they're, they're sharing it with their friends. Then you don't really need to, to feel the need to even evaluate on whether you need to, to do another episode or, or stop it. So I, I really feel like uh, we're at a good point here. So I am very thankful for you. I'm thankful for the number of of comments that people uh, have had that they continue to to find this podcast helpful, uh, that they're telling their their friends about it. Um, I, I will be honest; I, I don't necessarily care uh, how big it gets. Um, that's not my concern at all. I really don't have any plans to to go big places on this. But I, I just pray that it is a value uh, to those who are listening. If you if you value from it, then share with your friends. Right? If we just um, I think that's just a, a good, a good place to be. So I'm, I'm pleased with where we're at. Uh, I do feel bad that I hadn't come out with an episode for the last couple of weeks. Uh, the reason for that is just, uh, busyness of life, sickness and family, uh, things like that, that are going on. So, um, I wish I, I wish I would have, um, just buckled down and, and, and kept it going because I'm excited. I got some ideas for some things coming up and uh, I'm excited to, to get um, those planned out and, and those up for you. So now uh, up until the point in, in this book, we have focused our uh, attention on the first few verses here. And specifically, our attention keeps going back to what we've called the, the time frame indicators or uh, the time frame uh, verses that are in uh, these first part of Revelation, right? That this must soon take place in the first verse. And then the third verse where John says that the time is near. Now, there is no secret that I, I would lean to more of a, a preterist understanding when it comes to the book of Revelation. And if you want to go back and, and listen to those uh, other podcasts where I talk about uh, those different interpretive frameworks, you can, you can definitely do that. Um, but I, I lean toward uh, that perspective and last time I, I referenced a, a post or a series of blog posts by Sam Waldron that uh, he is responding to postmillennialism, and his last post was called "The Problem with Preterism." And he, he makes an extremely good point there, and that is that the line between uh, what is called full preterism and partial preterism is um, very fine, and it is a, a fine line between the the full preterist position, which is um, let's just say heretical, it, it crosses that that line by suggesting that Jesus already returned and that the second coming has already happened in some spiritual sense in the events that were surrounding 70 AD. So to me, uh, that's not only taking preterism too far, it's not only uh, error, but it's heretical. And I don't use the word lightly because some people will throw that word around of every false teaching. So and so is a heretic, you know. But the truth is that word is reserved for those who who depart for the from the central tenets of the Christian faith. Um, 
Alexander and Hymenaeus in, in Scripture. Paul uh, talks about how they taught the resurrection had already happened. Uh, it, you know, they deny the, these, the, the full preterists deny the, the future second coming, and they somehow say it's already happened. They spiritualize it in the events of, of AD 70 and reinterpret uh, the meaning of the second coming to coincide with that spiritual coming of Jesus then, uh, which totally redefines the future hope of the believer as well. So I, I, I think I, I mentioned this last time, right? The, the Trinity is one of those essential doctrines that we cannot depart from. But some have tried to to take and, and redefine it. They, they've tried to to understand, you know, what's going on in Scripture in a, a different way, and they've had a, a wrong understanding. So uh, modalists, for instance, believe that the Father they believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They just believed, and, and by the way, just because you believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit does not mean you're a Trinitarian. Uh, they they would say uh, that there is one being that exists in different modes. So uh, they would say that the Father is the Son. Well, they wouldn't say the Father is the Son. They mean they would say, and what they mean by that is he manifests himself differently in different situations. Uh, so the Father is the Son in, in that respect. Um, but the biblical doctrine of the Trinity says that the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, but yet the Son isn't the Father. And the Father is not the Spirit, and the Spirit isn't the Son. So we, this might seem like a, a subtle difference to some, but these are very important things. You know, the, the difference between a, an Orthodox or a, a, a true understanding of the Trinity, um, you know, just changed a little bit, actually becomes heretical. And it, it denies a, a fundamental tenet of our faith that, you know, that, that, that there are three persons in, in one being. So, you know, last time we left off with some of it of challenge here when it came to the 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 understanding of, of scripture here, and that is uh, that we should not fall into to heresy. No, nobody wants it to do that, but I, I think Sam Waldron's point ought to be uh, taken for what it is, and that is that when one starts uh, reading the book and one is uh, taken with the the preterist perspective that and, and start seeing the the fulfillment of all of these things in history in that event, um, you just you just kind of be like, man, I didn't see this before. Your eyes are open for the first time, and and it, and it is tempting to to go further and and say, well, wait a minute, if if all of these things have taken place, then why not everything taking place? Maybe I maybe I messed up, and maybe I didn't understand the the second coming. You know, maybe it's supposed to be this spiritual event in in. Uh, 70 AD. So, you know, there there is that temptation. I, I would grant um, Sam Waldron that. That doesn't mean that it's that it's a wrong understanding. And I actually think that um, that there is a lot of there is a lot of doctrines that are that are like that. So I, I don't um, I don't think it's a a great reason to reject. That interpretation. Uh, one of the other things that we've mentioned a few times is that this book is meant to be read and understood. Um, I, I'd say that it's meant to be read and understood by the first century readers. Uh, I think that this is a, a fact that comes out in the third verse. Just look at that third verse for a moment. Uh, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Now, 
like I said, we've really are focused our attention on the last five verses, five words in that verse there. Uh, today, I want to focus our attention on the first part of the verse. Uh, notice in that verse, it begins with the word blessed. Uh, blessed are who? Well, those who read, hear, and obey what is written in it. Now, does it sound to you like when you read this text that you will need a newspaper some 2,000 years after the book is written to understand what is written in it, therefore obey it? Uh, I don't think so. That sounds kind of dumb when you start thinking about it, doesn't it? Uh, the book is to be a blessing to those who would read it. It wasn't supposed to be a source of confusion in the cause of, of mental angst. Uh, it, it was to be a blessing. In fact, that's why this podcast exists, right? I, I believe that this book is to be a blessing. Going through it should bless us all. It, it should bless me in, in, in thinking through these things and preparing these things. It, it should bless you by, by hearing and then pondering you know, these things and going back to the book and, and doing more study and, and, and all of those things. So uh, hopefully that's what will happen here is that we will all be blessed as we come to this book together. We should also point out, that the verse says, blessed is the one who reads it aloud. And some might say, well, what's the difference between uh, reading it aloud or, or not? Um, and, I, and, I, and I know that somebody's going to take this verse very uh, seriously, and they're going to say, every time we read the book of Matthew, we can read it to ourselves. But when we come to the book of Revelation, we got to read it out loud. Um, and, and actually, that question really highlights something very important. It, it highlights the fact that we have a Bible literally within our reach at about every given moment in one way or another, right? We take for granted the multiple copies and versions of the Bible that are at our disposal. In fact, most of the Bible reading we do, I would think, is for personal study. Either we are uh, preparing to lead a Bible study, we're preparing to, to preach, you know, we're, we're working through those things in our own heart, uh, working through a devotional, we're doing our daily Bible reading program, like reading through the Bible in a year or whatever. You know, for us, if, if we want to read the book of Revelation, we open up the, the Logos app on our on our phone or a computer or the countless other Bible apps that we have for reading, or we grab our study Bible or the, the Bible that we like to, to read from and we get going. Is there anything wrong with that? Uh, no, there's not. Uh, that isn't the point that I'm making. I'm making the point that during this time in the first century, that it would have been totally inconceivable um, if people were going to hear the, the, I mean, think about that for a moment. If people were going to hear the book, if people were going to, to read the book of Revelation in the first century, um, there's no way they could ever conceive of a time where people would have the Bible at their, disposable, their disposal like they did today. Um, if people were going to, to, to hear the book of Revelation, it's because they would have it read to them, uh, most likely in public worship. And then the church that had the letter would pass it to another. That's the process that would repeat it. I, I, think that's, I think it's pretty clear as to what happened with the book of Revelation. So when it's addressed to seven churches, John didn't write seven letters. He wrote it to one and they passed it to from one church to another. Uh, sometimes we get the, the idea that Maybe he just passed a portion here and a portion here, a portion here, and then they put it all together. Uh, the point is, when the text speaks of reading it aloud, they wouldn't think of it happening any other way. The author isn't telling them that they will be blessed if they read it in their, uh, if they, just by reading it aloud so their congregation can hear it. Um, that's the only way they were 
going to do that. But not only hear it, right? I mean, the, the point is they need to, to hear it and obey it to do what it says. So understand what is being said here, that this letter will, will come to the church. They're going to read it in public so the people that will hear it, and I don't know how many times that's going to happen. Uh, some churches might make a copy of it before sending it on. That would be costly. It would take time, but they might do it. Uh, they might do it, and then they might send the letter on. Even if they did do that, they wouldn't have very many copies of it, and the people would would read it aloud, and the people would would seek to, to understand it. They would study it. They would... Um, Try to, try to obey and, and keep what is written in it. And of course, there was an urgency to all of this because, uh, as the text said, the time is near, right right from the onset. So don't, don't just put this on the, the calendar to be read in, in a few months or a few years. Uh, the idea was you, you, need to, you need to be reading this, you need to be understanding it, you need to be uh, comprehending so you can obey uh, now. And, and here's something else I, I find interesting, and that is that the book of Revelation is, is the one book of the Bible, I believe, with a special blessing promised to those who read and obey its message. Now, uh, the author could have said that there was a blessing to those who, who read it publicly and, and hear its message. Uh, and he could have just left it there because the, the word hearing in this context carries with it the idea of obedience. Uh, David Chilton says that no biblical writer ever uh, revealed, it, the, it revealed the future uh, merely for the sake of satisfying curiosity, the goal was always to direct God's people toward right action in the present, uh, end quote. So obedience here is emphasized. Uh, just think about it this way for a moment. There are times when uh, Jesus is teaching something uh, rather difficult. He's teaching in parables or, or what have you. And he'll say something like, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Now, just point to a couple places, Matthew eleven fifteen, and then Mark 4, 9. Uh, there Jesus is teaching in parables. He's teaching of the, the parable of the sower. Um, the, the statement by Jesus on, our, on the surface is a little bit funny uh, because he's, he's telling this parable to the people. He says, those who have ears, let them hear. Well, if you don't have ears, you're not going to hear what he just said. You know, it's kind of kind of funny. Um, certainly, Jesus did encounter those who who couldn't hear, but he didn't ask those people to to hear what he was saying so that he could heal them. He just healed them or, or what have you. But that isn't the point. He he's actually saying that everyone listening has ears and is hearing because if you're hearing the words that Jesus is saying is following that that you you heard them. And when you hear them, you need to do something about it. The the parable of the sower, for instance, when Jesus explains the parable to his disciples. He repeats the phrase, those who hear. In, in fact, the gospel was presented as the gospel was presented to each of these different uh, groups, each of these different soils, each heard it. Uh, the, the Bible tells us that. They, they, it wasn't that they didn't hear it. The issue was not hearing it. It was that they didn't hear it and accept it. That, that's how Jesus puts it when he speaks of the seed that, that fell on the good ground. Not only did they hear it, but they accepted it and, it, and they bore fruit. This is a, a conversation, I think, for another day, but let me make something here uh, clear. When the gospel is proclaimed and one hears it and they place their faith and trust in Jesus, not because of any merit of their own, but because of him who calls them to himself, those who 
have their eyes open to the truth and the beauty of the gospel, respond to it in faith. They trust in Jesus for their salvation. And, and here's my point. These will bear fruit. Now, you might be asking at this point, uh, what is the, the connection here uh, to the book of, of Revelation? Well, let me see if I can just make this as clear as I can. We, we said that, that John is emphasizing the obedience aspect here. Yes, there's a blessing for reading the book, especially in the context of the church gathering. But it is those who have ears to hear, let them hear kind of thing, isn't it? The, the benefit of the book is going to come when people grasp what it's talking about. They will hear it and they will live in light of the things that they have understood. Or to say this differently, those believers that read and have an ear to truly hear the book will bear fruit. Kenneth Gentry says this, he says, um, <clears throat> when one believes in Christ, he is bound to him in an obedient, vital relationship. Commitment is an essential part of the act of believing. Faith is not mere intellectual assent. So when it comes to the book of Revelation, there are many with the scriptures that have uh, what the Bible calls, you know, itching ears. They, they love to study the book of Revelation. They, you know, they, they, they wanted to know those things. But the, the wise person goes beyond uh, the study here and does something about what they're reading. Jesus said it this way, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now, one of the, one of the complaints when it comes to the, the preterist position or the futurist position for that matter, um, in, in those approaches that is that the, the application today is, is lacking, right? Because, um, so if one takes a more preterist approach, for instance, does that mean that the blessing that was promised that we've been talking about is only a, a blessing for the first readers? What about today, right? Because the, the complaint is, well, the book doesn't really apply to us today because it, it was all fulfilled back then. Um, well, first of all, we need to understand that the entirety of the scriptures were written in a historical context uh, a long time ago. Things that were really happening a long time ago for, for a specific reason. So the Old Testament, um, just think of Deuteronomy or Numbers, for instance. Someone might say, well, yeah, those books had a specific thing going on, you know, that this specific historical situation, but it was all related to the giving of law. I mean, so therefore it's very important for us to understand these things. What about the Psalms of David? You know, those on a, on a large scale were, were born out of specific instances and expressions of David's feelings in a certain moment for a certain reason of, a, you know, something that's happening in his life. I think you get the point. Anyone that understands the scriptures would not say that certain portions are not relevant because they happened at a specific time. A specific thing was going on in a specific historical event. This is God's word. God speaks to us through his word. Who can say that the Lord hasn't used the Psalms in their life? Um, if that's the case, then either you haven't read the Psalms seriously or you're not a believer. Um, so I think, I think it's ridiculous to say, that because one takes a more preterist perspective, 
when it comes to approaching the book of Revelation, that automatically means the book doesn't apply. Um, that there's no blessing in reading it. Because we the same is true with all of the other books of the Bible. They are born out of specific uh, historical situations, uh, and the Lord uses them and speaks to us. Um, now, on the other hand, if one leans to a more futurist perspective, there's a little bit more of a problem here I can see. And, uh, but let me, let me say this. Can God still use his word if somebody takes more of a futurist perspective? Absolutely. Of course he can. Uh, does God use it for uh, the, the futurist? Um, yes, God uses it. But it does pose a problem if the intended fulfillment of these prophecies is thousands of years in the future. Right, It would have been difficult for the people at the time, very difficult for them, to interpret the book, let alone find a way to apply it correctly, just like it would be for us today. Uh, can the Lord use the book? Absolutely. But I also think that it makes things far too subjective for me. Uh, I'm just not, I'm just not comfortable with, I'm just not comfortable with that. So I, I would, I would be more apt to take a, a preterist perspective. Uh, when it comes to the book in most cases. So anyway, uh, point today uh, is is simply this, that the book of Revelation, the purpose of, of the book is, is to read, to understand, and uh, obey. And in that, there is a, a tremendous blessing. And there's a tremendous blessing because it's it's God's word. It's God's word written to us. God's going to use it in our lives and enrich us and and grow us and, and shape us for the the people that, that shape us into the people that He has us has us to be. So, I, I just really think that this is an important study. I think it's important for us to to go through it to, together. I think it's important for for you and I to do even in more study and to to read more uh, things and broadly when it comes to this book because uh, it isn't it isn't just a book that we can know things and know things about the future and in those things, but it's a book that God's going to use to, to grow and, and shape us and that we might be uh, people that, that glorify him by bearing fruit. Um, so anyway, thanks for listening today. I appreciate it. We'll be back again, uh, Lord willing, uh, next week. And uh, as we explore revelation together. So thanks for listening.